one more time the Old Testament book of Daniel and chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Hold your place there for just a minute. By the way, remember in two weeks on the 14th, we will be hosting our annual Gideon speaker. Gideon's International distributes Bibles all over the world, and we are so blessed uh, to have men in our church who serve as Gideons and uh, uh, serve the county as well. So we're, we love the opportunity to hear from a Gideon speaker. We'll hear on the 14th, and we'll receive an offering for the Gideons International. So pray about what God would have you to give to that offering. This morning, we cross the finish line in our series in the book of Daniel, living for Christ in a hostile culture. As we have been visiting with Daniel from his teenage years now until he is in his 80s, seasoned, uh, faithful servant of God, and we have spent this time with him and learned from him and his three friends how we can best face the pressure to compromise. And uh, the foundation for this series is the belief, and you see it as well as I do, that our Culture is becoming more hostile toward people of faith. Uh, and we, you might already live in a hostile culture. Maybe it's in the classroom, maybe it's in the workplace, maybe it's in your home or with your relatives, but regularly we can be pressured to compromise in a lot of ways. <coughs> and our culture is becoming more and more hostile toward Christians and other people of faith. So I hope this message series has helped us all learn more about how to stand for Christ, how to live for Christ in a hostile culture, maybe where you are right now, but certainly where our culture is headed in the future. Just as a reminder, as we come back into chapter 6, this is a very famous story of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. Uh, You'll recall that it began with a new king coming into Babylon, King Darius, uh, also known as Cyrus. We know him in Daniel as Darius. And Darius comes in, uh, as he's a Persian king, he comes into Babylon, now it's the Persian, Medo-Persian Empire, and he inherits Daniel. Daniel now in his 80s. Most scholars believe he's about 83 years old. And he has faithfully served Christ in Babylon since he was a teenager. All these years in a hostile culture, and because of his faith in God, he's also grown a reputation as a man of integrity and honesty, someone who's trustworthy. And Darius likes Daniel, and he promotes Daniel to a place of leadership in their new administration. The reaction of his co-workers is jealousy. Their jealousy turns them into antagonists, and they can't dig up dirt on Daniel to get him fired because he's incorruptible. His character is, is incorruptible, and they admit that. They find that out. They also can't find any negligence in his performance reviews. He does such a great job, and he has now... Uh, for six or seven decades in Babylon. Nothing against Daniel, so they concoct something against him, and the antagonists turn into persecutors. And as persecutors, they go to King Darius, and they tell Darius to enact a decree that for the next 30 days, now that he's the new king, for the next 30 days, all petitions, that is all prayers, must go to Darius. No one can pray to their God. Now, now Daniel's co-workers know well enough, know Daniel well enough to know that he's always going to pray to his God. He's never going to pray to Darius. So they know, and Daniel knows, that they're setting him up. But as we've seen, he is faithful to God. He does exactly what he's always done. As we saw last week, that's what the Bible says. As he's always done, as it was his habit of doing, he went to the Lord in prayer, and they listened outside and waited for him to pray, and then they went to Darius, 
And they said, Darius, you've got to apply this law, this decree. The consequences for violating the decree is to be thrown into the lion's den. Kings in that day and time frequently kept lions, uh, both because they were, they were images of nobility and strength and power and courage, but also to get rid of people. It, it was a, an easy way to do it. So to, if you violate this decree, the punishment was to be thrown into the lion's den. They bring this to Darius. Now Darius likes Daniel. He is not happy with this, but he knows that even the king cannot go against his own decree. He can't rescind his decree. It must apply to everyone. The law applies to everyone, even Daniel. So as we saw last week, Daniel is cast into the lion's den, and Darius shouts out behind him, Daniel, I pray, I hope, that the God whom you have served so faithfully will rescue you from the lion's den. As we step into the story this morning and as we wrap up this series, I want us to focus on living faithfully for Christ throughout our lives, enduring under the pressure to compromise. Because it won't just happen one time in your life or twice in your life or three times. Over the course of your life, and now especially in our culture, you may be pressured multiple times to compromise your faith to give in to the culture around you. So this morning we're going to, to really look at the basics, the basics, the, the, the fundamental characteristics of what it means to be faithful to God, to endure for God in your faith in a hostile culture. Because we all want to do that, don't we? We all want to come out the other side of this life ready to go home to be with the Lord and looking back and saying, I was faithful. I was faithful. So how can we ensure that? What can we do? What can we count on to do that? This message as we close is an anchor to everything else we've said. To, to round out everything else we've said, we're going to consider what it means to live faithfully, endure faithfully our whole lives like Daniel did in our hostile culture. Pick up with me reading. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 17. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 17. Daniel has been cast into the lion's den. And the Bible says, A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that, not, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Now let me pause right there. What he's done is he's brought all the nobles, all the hierarchy in, and they have all sealed the stone verifying they are all accountable to it and that no one can remove that seal while Daniel is in there. No one but the king. Verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and he could not sleep. This is how much he favors Daniel. Uh, when it says he was fasting, it doesn't mean that he was fasting and praying. It means he was so stressed out and upset he couldn't eat all night long. So his servants would come in with music or with food and try to give him a diversion, help him to relax. Nothing worked. He didn't sleep all night. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and he hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king. Ah, uh, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they haven't harmed me. For I was found innocent before him, and also before you, your majesty. 
I have done no harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den, out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Not a scratch on him. The king then gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, they were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed their bones. That, that, that passage, that last statement is important because it lets us know that when Daniel was thrown in, he was unscathed, not because the lions were not hungry, but because of miraculous intervention of God. Sometimes people propose, well, these, these lions had already been fed. No, they hadn't. They were waiting for a meal. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth. May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The phrase and the reign means also the same person, namely Cyrus the Persian. To endure for a lifetime under the pressure to compromise, we have to trust God. We have to trust that God is bigger than our problems, bigger than that pressure, has a greater plan for us and for all that lies ahead. If you've ever felt the pressure to compromise, you know that it's a wilting kind of pressure. It can make you feel weak and it can make you worry. And sometimes we feel like our faith is under attack and maybe our faith is too weak to handle this and our faith is under pressure. But the Bible teaches just the opposite. The Bible teaches that through your lifetime, as you stand against the pressure to compromise, your faith is strengthened. Your faith grows. A geologist named James Clark likes to use this illustration. He's a Christian. He uses this illustration about the way our faith grows under pressure. He says that a lot of people don't realize that clay, naturally in the natural world, clay is actually made up of microscopic minerals. He said you really can't see them without a very strong microscope, but that those minerals are there inside the clay. And he said, the thing is, when you, when you apply pressure to the clay, heat pressure and extensive pressure to it, those minerals do not collapse and weaken. They don't fall apart. Instead, that pressure strengthens those minerals and they actually grow. They morph. It, it's, a, it's a phenomenon of nature. They actually become other minerals. And he says the first step along the way is that those minerals under pressure in that clay turns that clay and those minerals into slate. That's where you get the slate that you use in construction materials. It's clay that's been under pressure. And he said if the pressure continues, the slate doesn't collapse, those minerals don't collapse. Instead, they turn into a semi-precious gem called a garnet, becoming even more valuable over time. And that's what's happening to your faith. Your faith doesn't collapse when you trust God. When you're under pressure to compromise, if you'll turn to Him, if you will trust Him to endure, your faith doesn't collapse. It gets stronger. You know why? Because ultimately He is turning you into the image of Christ. He is building you into the image 
of Christ. The pressure to compromise is always going to be there. It's time to learn how to live for Him, to live for Christ in a hostile culture against that pressure to compromise. And know that when you reach the end of it all, your faith has endured. Your faith has endured. The key turning point in this passage is verse 23. It's the most memorable verse in the whole passage. And we are told, Daniel was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. It's not just a statement about his experience in the lion's den. It's a a statement about his experience in life, in all of his life. He was found unharmed at the end of it all because he trusted God. Now, does this story teaching us that any time you face the consequences of your refusal to compromise, that God is always going to uh, yank you out of that situation? No, that's not what it's teaching. Uh, Remember, first of all, that God permitted... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be put into the fiery furnace. Remember that God permitted Daniel to be put into the lion's den. Remember that in the book of Acts, the first martyr, the first person to die for the Christian faith is the Apostle James. But at the same time, God rescues the Apostle Peter from jail, from prison. And everyone celebrates. See, see, it's God's decision. God is sovereign. You don't trust God to get your way. You trust God to let him glorify himself through your life. And any way you look at it, if you have an eternal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the same statement is true of you. You emerge unharmed because you trusted your God. Because you trusted your God. Let's look at some characteristics of that trust. Trust that endures. Faith that endures in a hostile culture. What does that look like? Faith that endures for a lifetime in a hostile culture, first of all, trusts in the presence of God. Trust in the presence of God. These are very basic characteristics, and it starts right here with a single most fundamental promise that God gives us in the Bible, that he will never leave you and never forsake you. God is always with you, no matter what. Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. And Darius seals up the the, the front of the in with the rock and, and uh, waits all night to find out what's happened. And when he arrives the next morning, notice what Daniel says. He doesn't say, I'm okay. God rescued me. He says, no, God sent the angel. God not only shut the mouths of the lions, God stayed with him, was present with him through the night in the lion's den. No reason to be afraid when God's with you, right? Scholars believe that this angel in the lion's den with Daniel is the same angel that showed up in the fiery furnace. And we learned then there's a specific designation in the Old Testament for a particular angel. And usually the phrase is translated, the angel of the Lord. It designates a particular messenger representative of God. And I agree with most scholars when they say we believe that that is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. It's, it's the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, before he was born at Bethlehem, showing up for the people of God at particular times and places. God showed up in the lion's den with Daniel. Because Jesus is the presence of God in our lives. 
And we are promised when we become believers, he will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, no one can snatch you out of my hands. It can't happen. And like with Daniel, God is always with you. He's always walking with you. And in those times when you're under the most pressure or you're facing the consequences of your refusal to compromise, God may show up in in even greater strength and the greater presence of God. But Christ is always with you. In fact, he likes us to call him that by name. Emmanuel, God with us. He is always with you. And the person that lives faithfully and endures in a hostile culture against that pressure to compromise always remembers we're not alone. We're not alone. God is always with us. Maybe people rally around us and that's great. And we need people to pray for us, and that's great. But there may be those times and those moments when you feel lonely, you think you're alone, you are not. Feeling lonely is not the same thing as being alone. Because God is always with you. He's always with you. To endure for a lifetime in a hostile culture, count on it. Trust in His presence with you. Secondly, trust in the power of God. The person who endures for a lifetime trusts in the power of God. Of God. God is more powerful than anything else in the story, anyone else in the story. And we may not realize this is really a story about powers. Everybody's exerting power in this story in some way. Everyone, that is, except Daniel. Notice this the antagonists are manipulators, they exert power. They're what you would call a toxic employee. Have you ever had a toxic employee? They're the kind of person that exerts power to get their way. Uh, They manipulate the circumstances. They exploit a loophole in the law to get the king to pass that decree, a decree that even he can't rescind because they know what the outcome will be. Uh, They don't want to get Daniel fired anymore. They don't even want Daniel to compromise. They're counting on the fact he won't compromise because for 83 years he hasn't compromised. They want him to die. One of the reasons Darius is so upset, think about this, remove Daniel from the equation, who is he going to promote into Daniel's position? He's going to be forced to promote one of these power-hungry antagonist manipulators. Nobody wants that. Then you have King Darius. A king has power by virtue of position. In fact, that's what it's called, positional power or positional authority. People have to do what Darius wants them to do, whether they think it's the right thing to do or not. Because they don't, they'll, they'll pay for it with their lives. The King Darius, though, thinks he has all the power, that is, until he's outmaneuvered by the manipulators who exercise their power. The lions think they've got all the power. They do. That's why kings kept them. They're, they're symbols of courage and of power. But their power is reactionary power. You know any of those kind of people as well? It doesn't have to be a lion. We have people that are that way. It's power by instinct. If they don't get their way, they react and respond and they do it hostily, often toward you. Now that's what the lions are. That's how they live. Power by instinct. The king of the beast. But Daniel, in his humility, in his integrity, in his character, he knows who has the real power. He knows where the real power comes from. He knows who is the king of all creation and who exerts power over everyone else. 
The person who endures in faith all their lives remembers God is the one with the power. And you rely on his power like Daniel did. Daniel didn't fuss or complain. Daniel trusted in God's power. And, God, and Daniel submitted himself to God's authority and God's power. If God wants me in the lion's den, there must be a reason for it. I pray that he would rescue me, but as his friend said in the fiery furnace, even if he doesn't, I'm still going to pray to my God and serve my God. When you face the consequences of your refusal to compromise, it can be daunting and it can be frightful. It can make us afraid when we face those consequences. Assume for a moment the lions represent all of our consequences. That if we don't compromise our faith, this, this is my, what's going to happen. So look at this. this. This is a representation of what you see when you face the consequences of your refusal to compromise. <laughs> kind of daunting. Nobody wants that. That's what you see. That's your perspective. That's my perspective. This is God's perspective. Can you hear it? Isn't that great? It's helpful to keep it in perspective, isn't it? Remember who really has the power. God does. Faith that endures for a lifetime is faith that trusts in the power of God. Power to be with you. Power to do the right thing. Power to rescue you, to set you free if he so desires. And in Christ, as we sang earlier, in Christ he has set you free from sin and death. He knows you're going to be with him if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. He has the power and the authority. Trust him. Then last, the person whose faith endures for a lifetime and who's faithful for a lifetime in a hostile culture trusts in the person of God. The presence of God, the power of God, and the person of God. That is the character of your God. You, you know who he is. You know that he will do the right thing. Did you notice how Daniel proclaimed what had happened? His proclamation was very simple. My God! My God shut the mouths of the lions and rescued me. My God, a relationship with his God. He knew he could trust God. He did trust God, and God rescued him. That's his proclamation. The, the greatest proclamation comes from Darius himself. At the close of the story, Darius proclaims, He is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. God is your personal God. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He's always with you. You can count on his character. You can count on him to do the right thing at the right time, in the right way for you always. The person who endures a life of faith in a hostile culture is a person who trusts in the living God. He is your God. He is the only living God. Everything else is a facade and a lie. The living God, the one true God in Jesus Christ, is the one that you trust. The person that endures in a hostile culture for a lifetime 
Trust the person of God, the living God. Trust the person of God, uh, the God who has dominion over all things. There it is again, that power, that authority. He is king over all creation. I kind of think of the lions for a moment. When the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, showed up that night. Their creator. See, much like when he walked on the water, Jesus that night calmed the lions. Much like when he calmed the storms, he quieted the lions. Because he's a personal God. And much like he showed up personally for Daniel, you can know him personally. And he shows up personally for you. Remember James Clark, the geologist, that story goes on. When the pressure continues to be applied to the clay, it goes from slate to garnet. Keep applying the pressure. And Dr. Clark says something extraordinary happens in the depths of a cave somewhere where that pressure continues to be applied. A completely new rock is formed, and it's called storolite. And storolite comes from a Greek word that literally means stone cross. Because what happens under pressure is that a cross is formed on the rock. It's very visible, very obvious. Go home and Google it. That cross is formed on the rock under pressure. Remember, God's goal is to make you into the image of Christ. Can that happen? If your faith is not pressured occasionally, remember Jesus standing in front of Pilate. Remember Jesus hanging on the cross for you. And remember what happened next. He rose from the grave for you. Why? So he would always be with you and always walk with you and never leave you and never forsake you. In the times you're under pressure in a hostile environment or a hostile culture, remember to trust him and live a life where you grow under that pressure and grow in Christ. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened to Daniel. After this story, this is the last personal story of his. But the book of Daniel ends, chapter 12, verse 13, ends with God telling him to keep serving him faithfully. And Daniel, one day you're going to go home to rest. Wow, what a good word. Keep serving him faithfully. And one day you're going to go home to rest. And your legacy will be assured, just as it is in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. There's, there's just one phrase that identifies Daniel. You know what it says? By faith, they shut the mouths of lions. Let that be your legacy too. That by faith in your God, who is always with you, who never leaves you, never forsakes you, you shut the mouths of your antagonists. You were never afraid in front of the pressure to compromise. And you knew consequences might be there, but you trusted your God. And you lived faithfully for him till the very end. Believers, I'm going to pray for us that we'll be strong for the Lord. You might be facing pressure to compromise right now. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's at school. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in a friendship or a relationship. I'm going to pray for you. If you're at home, I'm going to pray for you as well. And then I'm going to pray for those of us who need to trust Christ as our Savior. And pray a prayer that you can pray with me to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ or recommit your life to Christ today. I want to invite you to do that. So bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we wrap up this series, God, how we thank you that you have preserved the story of Daniel to remind us, Father, 
that we can endure to the end. We can, you are faithful to us and we can be faithful to you. Father, today, we give to you our worries, our fears, and our concerns. We give to you that pressure that we're experiencing to compromise our faith. God, I pray we would stand faithfully for you. And Father, we know we might face consequences for that. God, help us to face those without fear, but to trust in you, your, your presence, your power, and your character, your very person that you promised to be in our lives, that you would never let us go. And God, we will praise you for what you do in our lives. We will praise the living God. Father, I pray for each one here and at home facing that kind of pressure to compromise. God, we give that to you. And God, sometimes we don't know what to do, so God, we ask you would guide us uh, you would you would work in the circumstances, the situation, God. You would help us even now, Father, to guide us through this. But may all that we do honor Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for that one in here or at home that's never trusted Christ as their Savior. I pray, God, you'd penetrate their heart and, uh, that they would hear from you today and know they need to trust Christ. And Father, I pray this prayer with them that by faith they would put all their trust in Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I can't save myself. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me to set me free of sin and death. And that you're alive today. So Jesus, I repent of my sin. I turn my back on my sin to follow Christ today and receive you by faith as my Savior. Father, I pray for all of us, God, that when we leave this place, we would walk faithfully with Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.